0: ESPN 94.1 FM and AM930 present the drive.
1: It is Monday, May 10th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw hard seltzer made pure. Coming up today on the program, we're going to hear from Chris Grassy. We've got his comments following Marshall's victory over number eight Georgetown, the defending national champions, go down to the herd today, one nothing, and the well, probably again the biggest win in Marshall soccer history, as Marshall continues on for Chris Grassi, another day at the office. I asked him that when we talked the other day about Clemson. I said, "Look, that's that's the biggest win in the program." He's like, hey, "You know, we think we're number one." They want you to think that's the big win. We're number one. We we are out the proof. We're number one. So, when I talked to him today, he was like, "Yeah, you're, you're right. Another day of the office here for us. That's that's the goal here. That's how we want to go after these teams." So, Marshall, not I don't think a disrespectful swagger to the program right now, but a confidence, and there's no problem with confidence, right? So. I mean, Marshall just does not feel pressure right now. I mean, they've got everything in front of them, and... We're going to talk to Jake Griffith, the lead broadcaster. You see him on most of the Herd Zone broadcast. He will join us here in the next few minutes. Jake usually calls these matches, but unfortunately, Jake's not calling the match because this is down in North Carolina, so that's being handled separately. It's not something that Marshall can produce, so Marshall's not on top of these broadcasts the way it would be, as Jake usually He's the guy calling to action. So he watched the game as well. He's going to tell us about what he saw. But Marshall gets the victory, advancing to the College Cup. And really, you don't see worry. You don't see pressure. You don't see concern from this Thundering Herd team. Even when this match went on and won, they were pretty level for the majority of this. And then in the second... Jamil Roberts gets the goal. Thundering Herd, not even holding on. I mean, there was one. I think there was one play that uh, Oliver had to deal with right as time was close to expiring. Other than that, really, Marshall did a pretty good job. It was not a high shot on goal affair. Jake's going to break it down for us when we talk to him. Later on, as I mentioned, Chris Grassi, we're going to get his comments on how everything went down. Your phone calls, of course, 877 420 TALK, 877 420 8255. So I'm looking forward to that. You can find me on Twitter at Paul Swan. So we've got all of those avenues available for you. But the majority of today, we're going to talk about Marshall's victory. And I'm already understanding there'll be a watch party Friday. That'll be at the Hall of Fame Cafe. So opportunity for you to be a part of that. I don't have all the details, but we'll get that soon to you. But I I do understand there will be a watch party. And, of course, it's going to be on ESPNU. Another opportunity for you. If you can't watch it with friends, you have to be somewhere. You you have access to ESPNU. That's going to be an option for you. No more of the streaming on GoHeels.com, which I, I thought the broadcast was a lot better than it was the other day. I don't want to comment too much on that, but... The NCAA should do better. I know we're talking not its revenue sport like the NCAA tournament is for basketball, but the NCAA could and should do better because this is a growing sport. And you're seeing it year by year. This is a growing sport, and it's fun. I'm going to tell you right now. I completely get why a lot of herd fans are screaming, hey, we got to put more into this. Because Marshall can be competitive here. The structure allows Marshall to be competitive. Marshall doesn't have to be from a Power 5 conference, a concept that is solely for football, which somehow we have allowed to translate into basketball as well. You don't have to be from a Power 5 conference necessarily to put out a quality team. You just don't. And Marshall's showing that right now. Herds in the Final Four, the College Cup. First time ever in the College Cup. That's, that's a landmark event right there for the program. And you wondered, why is Marshall putting all this expense into soccer when Marshall needed the property? And so to replace the soccer field, Marshall wisely, Mike Hamrick wisely, decided if we're going to do this, let's do it right. Let us put this thing together. Properly, We have an opportunity here. Let's make that happen. And then when the availability happened and Coach Gray decided, okay, I've taken this where we can go. We got the new stadium. It's great. Time for someone else to step in. Chris Grassi comes in, and you look what he's done. Marshall's in the Final Four. That's amazing. That's something that I'm sure a lot of people didn't think could happen. And you like to see that for the other sports. But right here, right now, This is a growth opportunity for Marshall, and I don't think Marshall's a flash in the pan by any stretch of the imagination. I don't see Marshall showing up to the College Cup, and then you're not going to see Marshall be successful here over the next few years. I think this is the start of success. Maybe you're going to get a national championship this season, we hope at least, or this is going to be the start of making runs for a national championship. But Marshall can now say it's a program that has been to the College Cup. That's in itself more than a lot of programs can say. We're going to take our break. I think we should go ahead and get our break in now. We're going to hear from Jake Griffith, my guy. He's your lead broadcast talent with HerdZone.com, usually calling all this action. He's going to come on the program. We're going to talk to him about what he saw today. And later on, we're going to let you hear from Chris Grassy. I had a chance to join his postgame a few minutes after the victory earlier this afternoon. I'm going to give you that and... I want to hear your comments. You can find me on social media at Paul Swan. If you're not following me, I would appreciate it if you would. Also on Facebook, you can find The Drive with Paul Swan. We got a Facebook page and a group set up for you. So if you would follow one or both, I would really appreciate that. And we'll update you uh, throughout the weeks on what's happening with the show, either on Twitter or on Facebook. But either way, if you could follow me on one or the other, whichever platform you like, I would appreciate it. But coming up next, Jake Griffith from HerdZone.com. He comes on the program to break down what we saw today later on. Chris Grassi here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
0: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: I don't want to say I'm superstitious, but I'm kind of feeling that way. We have a thing now where we bring Jake Griffith on to talk Marshall soccer. Marshall wins. I'm not saying we're the reason why the Thundering Herd is winning, but I definitely don't want to be the reason why Marshall doesn't win. So, Jay Griffith, the lead talent at HerdZone.com. He calls many of the broadcasts you hear for Marshall sports, including soccer. He's with me now on the program. and I, Again, I don't want to be the reason, so... I mean, here you are again. If I have to do this thing with you every day up until uh, Monday, we're doing it, Jake. I don't want to be the reason. Well,
2: well, you know, I mean, this is getting kind of fun. I mean, who doesn't enjoy wins? I know Coach Grassy enjoys the wins. I actually texted him after, after the match went final, and I was like, hey, Newcastle won this week, and they beat Leicester City. Crystal Palace won this week, and now Marshall wins this week. So it's a good week. You know, Grassy being a Newcastle guy, a Palace guy, we're both heard guy.
1: It's been a good week. This is business as usual for him. I asked him that in the press conference. We're gonna hear that later today. But the last time I asked him, hey, how do you feel? You beat number one. He's like, eh, you know what? I kinda of expected that. I'm you know, this is martial soccer we're talking about here, you know, so we're the big deal. And today, you know, I knew better. It's just look, business as usual, and he agreed. This is this is the attitude we wanna have. We just go in there, we don't care, anytime, anywhere.
2: Yeah, you know and I was on, obviously, both the, the Zoom press conferences uh, after this match and after the Clemson match. You know, he and I caught up after or ahead of that Clemson match, actually. And I, that was one of the questions I asked him was, hey, you know, you always go out and say, you know, we're going to win a national championship. We want to win a national championship. And, you know, what do you think that does for the, the morale of the team, the vibe of the team? How does that help you get to your goal? And, you know, he, he said, you know, we're, we're here to win it. We're not here just to take part. We, we want to win this thing. And they came into it with that attitude. They came into it last year with that attitude. and That was the first time in program history they'd made it. And so I, I think Coach Grassi's tenure, if nothing else, I think underscores the importance of vocalizing your goals. Because since day one, he's come on to the scene here at Marshall in men's soccer. And he said, we're going to turn this program into a national contender, a powerhouse. We're going to win national championships here. And, I'm sure some people that probably raised some eyebrows, you know, maybe generated some scoffs, who knows? Because there was a time in Marshall men's soccer history where it was a struggle to get into the conference tournament. I mean, I think back, uh, back in, I think, 2015 or 2016, Marshall hosted the conference tournament and they did not qualify for it. So, you know, that, that sort of was on, I'm sure it was on everybody's mind hearing a, a new guy come in a young guy and say, Hey, we're going to do this. But coach Grassy's proven, now, at all three levels, he's coached that, that he can get this done. He you know, turned UC into a, a big powerhouse. I mean, now it's pretty much plug and play with a new coach. I mean, Daniel Smee just won the M E C coach of the Year. They had another fantastic season before him. Uh, they had Stratford win the award two years in a row, and Grassi won it twice as well, M E C coach of the year. So what Coach Grassi's done with this Marshall program is wildly impressive. But you also cannot short the effort of the players as well because the coaches can only do so much. The players have to go out and actually play the game, play the match. And, you know, hats off to a guy like Vitor Diaz. He had a, a really hard-fought match against Clemson. Coach Graffi was very vocal about how he felt that match was officiated in terms of Vitor being on the pitch a lot, you know, being down. And Vitor shapes it off, comes right back, a beautiful move in the final third to set up Jamil Roberts, slots at home, and that's the difference.
1: Let's talk about the game. You were watching it, of course, probably with a, a keen eye, unlike casual fans, uh, just watching it to, to see if Marshall scores. You've seen this team enough up close and personal. You followed it all year long. What did you see what was happening out there to give Marshall this victory? Because Coach Grassi was confident, hey, we had him. I knew we had him. What did you see to maybe explain what – Marshall saw and why Marshall did some of the things it did
2: well I think it starts with and you heard the the analysts say this on the broadcast for those of you that tuned in but the job that Max Schneider did and really the back line but specifically Schneider did marking Dante Polbaro the midfielder he's the leading goal scorer for Georgetown Max Schneider in my opinion man of the match he had a tough task on his hands we know Max is a great defender. He's a sort of a central defensive mid. But as a sophomore, to have to match up with an upperclassman like that in Polvara, who has scored from really every place on the pitch in his Georgetown career, Max Schneider did a fantastic job. And then Oliver Simmel played well in net. Early wasn't really tested much. When we saw through those first 45 minutes, and I even tweeted this, it was sort of a slow, kind of methodical, plodding pace to that match. There was a great deal of feeling out between the two teams. I think some of that was Marshall was trying to, I don't want to take dead legs, but, you know, you go to double extra time and then penalty kicks against the nation's number one team. And a couple of days later, you could go back at it with the defending national champions. You know, you kind of take it a little slow, get your legs back from underneath you. But Coach Grassi said it after the match in his press conference, you know, he felt like about the 15, 20 minute mark, it really turned. And you saw the pace pick up a little bit. You know, going into the half, Georgetown notched consecutive corner kicks. Marshall was able to deal with them. Really, this was about the job that Marshall midfield did. They really did a good job of congesting that midfield, not allowing Georgetown to get into sustained attacks. And they did a good job of preventing Georgetown from living in the final third. That's one thing that Penn State, as good as Penn State has played all year, they struggled to do against the defending national champions. In Georgetown's previous match, the Hoyas lived in the final third for the first 60 minutes of the match.
1: Jake Griffith is joining me. Of course, you hear his voice and you see his face on most of the herd zone streams, and of course, also on ESPN Plus. He's a director of multimedia at Marshall. He calls most of the Marshall matches. Thundering herd victorious over the defending national champion. I don't even think we've really touched on that. You have beaten now the number one seed. You have now beaten the defending national championship. And Chris Grassi's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, Nobody cares right now. If I don't win the semifinal, nobody's going to care. I mean, there's the hashtag all or nothing that the soccer program's been using. It seems like that's the attitude. They're there all for nothing, as you touched on. But still, if you can just look back at this, you beat the one seed and you beat the defending champion? We talked about this being the toughest bracket for Marshall. Marshall's taking that and run with it.
2: You know, going into it, it really looked like you said, the toughest draw for any team. And, and, you know, coming into this national tournament, you know, I had said time and time again, when you talk about the 10 teams that have a legit shot to win the national championship, Marshall has to be included in that conversation. But if you get those 10 teams, and easily, Marshall had the hardest path to get there of anybody. Because, like you said, you, know, you beat Fordham, who's a top 25 team and conference champions, that's no, that's no small task either. You know, I know that that's one of the things that sort of gets lost in the minutia of all this. Is, you know, they beat a Fordham team who is also very good. So to have to play against a very good Fordham team, then you come back, you play against the nation's number one team, who rarely faltered this year. And then you do that, and you get faced, you get matched up with the defending national champions. I mean, that's murderer's row. That's the gauntlet. And Marshall has been able to say, hey, you know, whatever. Let's just go do it. And you're right. I mean, the hashtag all or nothing, they really roll with that. I mean, that's really internally, that really is the vibe around the program. Coach Grassi, you know, when he was asked after the match, you know, hey, you know, what do you tell your team? You guys made it to the semi What you just said, he, he doesn't care. History does not remember who makes it to the semifinals. They remember the champion. You know, I, I remember back my dad and I when I was a kid. We used to go to the Indianapolis 500 all the time, and I'll never forget there was the race that one of the Andretti's was leading right up until the end, and Sam Hornish passed him and won by like six tenths of a second. And we grabbed a copy of the Indy fi- the Indianapolis Star the next day, and interviewed in there was 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 the Andretti that lost, and he said, "Hey." History doesn't remember those who come in second place. And and you're right. I mean, Coach Graffy's right. That quote is right. At the end of the day, winning really is what it's about. You know, you want to have fun because it's sports. But you go into it saying our goal is to be the last team standing. And right now, I I don't think if anybody's looking at the college soccer landscape and the way this tournament's playing out, and they're counting Marshall out, don't do that. You're making a grave mistake. Marshall
1: legitimately can win the national championship. Jake Griffith, my guest, the Thundering Herd advancing, awaiting the winner of Wake Forest and North Carolina, and with under 20 to go in the first, all tied up, it's level one apiece. What do you look at this when you see this matchup, Wake Forest, North Carolina? You beat number one, you beat the defending champion, but it doesn't look like it gets any easier with Wake Forest or North Carolina, especially uh, with North Carolina and Wake Forest. I'm sure they'll have great support from their fans, whatever they're allowed to have. Yeah, when one of those teams advance to the College Cup, the face marshal.
2: Well, you look Wake Forest, I mean, really, really Wake Forest and North Carolina. That's, that, those are two schools, big name programs, bigger schools. Coach Grassi, when I had asked him during our midweek chat ahead of the Clemson match, you know, the, the quote that he gave me was, you know, teams like Clemson, teams like Georgetown, teams like Wake Forest, they're the gatekeepers of college soccer. You have to beat those teams to get to where you want to go, which for Marshall, the ultimate goal is to win a national championship. At this point, I'm really not sure Marshall has a preference necessarily of who they play. I think it's just basically like you name the field, you name the opponent, and you name the kickoff time. We'll show up, and we're going to give it our all for 90 minutes and if that's good enough to win, then it's good enough to win. You know, and if it's not, then we're going to be disappointed, but we at least gave it our all. You know, Wake Forest, they're a very storied soccer program. Of course, North Carolina, they beat Charlotte earlier in this tournament, a fellow Conference USA folk. They come in, uh, in the latest uh, United Soccer Coaches poll, they're 16th, Wake Forest is fourth in the nation. So, But, you know, both teams are going to present their own unique challenges. I, I think the way that match between Wake Forest and UNC plays out there is sort of a wild card. There is weather moving into the Cary, North Carolina area, which as we, you and I both know, you know, as, as soccer fans and as, as just general fans may know, a wet pitch can create some really sloppy, difficult soccer. So if that rain settles in between Wake and UNC, look out. That's, that's anybody's ball game.
1: How you feel about the keeper situation? Really not tested today. The shots on goal, not that many, but still. Big save when needed. Marshall pitched the shutout. That's very tough against the defending national champion.
2: I think the job Oliver uh, has done in that all year is fantastic. You know, like you said, not many chances came his way. Only two shots on goal for Georgetown. He turned away both of them. And that's really a testament, and this is sort of a sentiment that's been echoed from the coaching staff all year when I've talked to them. That's really a testament of how strong the four on the back line are. You know, you have the two wing backs and Gabriel Alves and Jon Eric Linehose, but then those two center backs, uh, Colin Montzuma and Nathan Santos, You know, they, those four have really done a fantastic job. They they turn a lot away. They do a good job of turning attackers away from the net. Not many balls get through to us. and so Oliver doesn't really have to do as much. You know, last year, last year, you know, you look at the staff, you know. Paolo, a lot of times, stood on his head. Paolo Pita, you know, last year's keeper, stood on his head. And Oliver has done the same thing. But they they need Oliver to, I think, do different things than what they asked of Paolo last year. And I know one thing that Coach Grassi has really keyed in on is he feels like Ollie has better distribution than any keeper he's ever worked with. And that's really key. We've seen sometimes in the regular season, Oliver will make a stop or a ball will trickle back into his mitt. And you'll see him... He'll drop kick it, he'll cannon it out on a throw and jump start a counterattack. And really, that's been one of the strongest parts. Marshall likes to jumpstart their attack from that back line. We saw it in the regular season. We've seen it throughout times in this national tournament. They're not afraid to let the four backs or Oliver, you know, handle the ball away from the eight team and try to attack that way. And it's been successful. They keep winning that way. And, you know, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But Oliver You know, made two saves today and, like you said, came up huge when he needed to. And I think, really, that's been, to this point of his martial career, that's been his legacy. He's not going to be asked, so he's not been asked so far to stop 20 shots or 10 shots or, or stand in his head time and time again. But when they need him the most, he slams the door shut, and he's done it time and time again.
1: Jake Griffith joins me. He is, of course, the head voice, the lead talent, I don't know how to describe you, man. You do so much. Uh, Herdzone.com, of course, he calls uh, the majority of the matches you see uh, on the video streams and, of course, for Herdzone.com across the board. uh, You do a fantastic job. I wish you were calling these games. Thank you. I I really do. Um, And I'm not going to say anything about the quality of what we've gotten so far uh, with you here on the phone other than I miss you calling the games. I'm just going to say that and leave it at that, Jake, not to get you in any trouble.
2: let me tell you what, I, I wish I was down there calling them, too. I, I've been, been getting that itch. You know, I, I love broadcasting. It's, it's, it's so much fun. And, you know, this Marshall team, and really all the Marshall teams that I cover, you know, they make my job easy because they make it fun. They, they continue to win. They win when it matters most. You know, being a ch- Coach Grassi and I, we both got here at the same time. You know, I, I've been here for four years. Coach Grassi's been here for four years. I remember way back when, my first match that I covered, it was Eastern Illinois. It was right when the herd vision stuff was getting going. And, you know, they, they I, I can't remember, I think they barely hung on to beat EIU and to see the strides that this program has made since then. Uh, it's, it's, it's been, I know this is going to sound cliche, but, I mean, man, it's been fun to be a part of this ride. And I'm, I'm very appreciative to, to Mike Hamrick and Chuck McGill and Jeff O'Malley and, you know, allowing me to do these things. Uh, you know, last year being able to go call the Conference USA Men's Soccer Tournament you know, this year, having a chance to call the automatic qualifier match in Huntington, you know, it's, it's been fantastic. And a huge shout out to to those people I named you know, Mr. Hamrick and O'Malley and McGill. But, and also, shout out to Coach Grassy, Coach Ivanovich, Coach Vega, uh, Coach Grassy's dad, Brian. You know, we miss him as well. You know, it's been a real fun ride.
1: Just to give you a score update, and um, we're following this 25 uh, 21 on the clock. Uh, number five, Wake Forest one, North Carolina one. I'm sure you want to go watch that and get ready for um, I know you're gonna be charting this. You're gonna make game notes and everything, so you can watch it wherever you're watching it Friday night with your usual setup. I know you're gonna do it.
2: Hey, you know, you know me too well. The one thing I will say, I know that all the Marshall fans are gonna be keeping an eye on the Wake Forest, North Carolina match, but hey, Indiana and Beaton Hall, you wanna talk about a similar story to Marshall, you know, people are saying, Oh, it's a Cinderella run for the hurt. This is Seton Hall. They're looking for their first-ever College Cup appearance. They're going against Indiana, who has 20 appearances in the College Cup. You want to talk about a David and Goliath matchup right there? And Seton Hall really, really holding their own. They're scoreless right now.
1: Thankfully, they're on the other side of the bracket. That's all. I'm not worried about anybody on that side of the bracket until Wake Forest or North Carolina. I'm gonna I'm gonna use Coach Grassy's method. I'm just gonna play the next team and put them in front of me. We'll play them. I'm not worried about that side because that's a good side too. I mean, this is gonna be a fun college cup. That everybody's good, and that's what I love about it. Because if you're good, you get in. You don't have to worry about anything other than being good on the pitch.
2: I agree. You know, hey. Like we were talking about, Wake Forest, North Carolina, we saw Pitt advance with a 2-0 win over Washington. You know, it's going to be a fantastic college cup. I'm excited to see the way things shake out, who, who makes it in to face Marshall. You know, Wake Forest, they've been to the college cup six times, twice before with Bobby Must, their current head coach. They made it back to the college cup in 2019. You know, that, that'll be a fantastic matchup. If that's who the herd end up drawing.
1: Jake, we'll talk to you next week because, well, you know, not next week. We're going to talk to you in the next few days. We'll we'll come up with reasons, to, again, to keep this going. But Herd in action on Friday. Uh, we'll get you back here in the next few days. And uh, let's uh, hope that we're talking about next Monday, Marshall playing for the championship.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Paul. You know, I always love coming on here. It's always a treat to get on here and talk about soccer with you. All or right. anything, really.
1: Man, when well, you got it, open invitation anytime you want. Just call me.
2: Hey, thanks, man. Have a good
1: day. Thanks, sir. Jake Griffith, he does it all for HerdZone.com. When we continue Chris Grassi's comments after the victory, we've got them for you when we continue with today's edition here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN
0: 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: Our phone lines this hour brought to you by White Claw Heart Seltzer, May Pure, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Also on your host here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So the thundering herd advancing to the College Cup awaiting the winner, Wake Forest and North Carolina. Chris Grassi. Another day at the office for him. That's one of the questions I had a chance to ask him earlier in the day as the Thundering Herd gets the victory. Not only has Marshall now beaten the number one seed in the tournament, Marshall has beaten the defending national champion. Pretty good day, I would think, for the Thundering Herd. Pretty good tournament so far. No matter what happens next, you got to feel good about this, but. That's why I'm not the coach. Chris Grassi, he's the coach. He has his own take on everything. Let's get his opening thoughts as he uh, held a press conference uh, earlier in the afternoon after the victory.
3: Yeah, opening remarks, that was a completely different game than Clemson. You know, fair play to Georgetown. They, they really uh, tried to play. So it was those two quite similar teams. They're um, going to move the ball a little bit. Uh, we had the – I think we struggled with the, the, the first 20 minutes, just trying to get our legs back from, you know, previous games. But once we got into and we sorted out some things tactically, I thought we were terrific. I thought it was only ever going to be us who were going to win it. Um, and then obviously we we were small with how we put numbers forward when we put them forward and um, the, the goal was terrifically well worth one side of the pitch to the other, back to the other, and then back across was uh, was very pleasing. And then, you know, the end, you know, it's going to be throwing crazy numbers forward. They're all skillful. So, um, you know, it was a bit of a slog for the last sort of eight, nine minutes there, but uh, you know, fair play to the last, it did really well. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's like, no when show. did you start? When did you start to feel like you know your players started getting their feet under them and and you know things started to turn in your favor?
3: I'd say about that 15-20 minute mark. I think um, you know they pressed us at the beginning, and we were able to play through it. Um, and then when they had the ball, uh, we just weren't quite ready to transition quick enough into the defense. And I thought after about 15-20 minutes, we figured it out tactically, and we also figured it out emotionally um, and, and sort of like physically sort of, okay, we're in a game, let's go, let's go, you know, because it's, you know, in in these hectic times, I mean, there's not really enough time in between games, so it's really low-level intensity stuff, and then they've got to kind of find this, um, they've got to find this new energy, you know, for the the next game, and I thought it just took us a little while to kind of ramp up the energy, and then once we did, I thought we're going to be fine, it's going to be great.
1: Thank Coach, I asked you the other day when you beat the number one seed how it felt, it's got to the point now. you just defeated the national champion. This is another day at the office for you.
3: (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's what we're talking about. It's, this is the no Asterix national uh, championship here for us. It's, uh, you know, we're gonna play number one seed. We'll play last year's reigning champs. And then obviously the wake two story programs Whoever wins the next round. And I'm sure, you know, watching pit smash teams, I don't know who's going to win the IU game. It's there's, there's no bad teams left, you know? So, you know, for us, it, it is just another day. We'll, we'll, Prepare the, we, we did, you know, prepare, prepare the same way we did, you uh, know, prepare the same way we did for this game and just, you know, take it on a stride and we just got to, we got to go back together. We got to regroup, um, you know, emotionally recharge as well because these things take a lot out of here uh, emotionally as well as uh, physically. And so we'll just kind of relax for a couple of days and then we'll get back to it and, and, you know, hopefully go all the way. I mean, that's the, that's the goal. So we want to be national champs, you know, final four is not good enough.
0: Coach, with the guy beside you, did you feel like one goal was going to be enough to win it?
3: Yeah, he told me before the game it's going to be a shutout today.
0: <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, the, so. I, I believe you and your defense played so well, right, too.
3: Yeah, yeah, the whole, the whole team, I think, from the, you know, once we figured out the beginning, sort of getting on our legs, we had the two forwards sort of pressing. Um, you know, we rotated around the midfield, dropped the number nine in um, to kind of pick up their extra men. They've got a center back who's coming out of the back line. I mean, all once we started doing that, it worked really well. The back four, tremendous again, and then Ollie, you know, safest pair of
4: hands in the country. Ollie,
0: how excruciatingly long were the last twenty minutes after the goal? How did it? How long did it seem?
4: I mean, um, I watched at the clock; it was ten minutes to go, and twenty minutes after, I watched back; it was eight minutes to go, and (laughs) felt so long. And I think we did a good job; we worked them out, so I think it was deserved win.
0: Could you describe that last play? I think there's about 40 seconds left. Guy got in and, and and you made the save. Could you describe that play a little bit?
4: Uh, yeah, I think they played a one-two on the side and they crossed it in on the second post. And um, yeah, it's tough. It's, uh, it's the last minute. Everybody is kind of dead. And then I think he got in front of our left back and then he headed it towards me. And it was, it was an easy save because it was right to me.
0: Thank you. Ali, can you talk about the significance of the College Cup making history for this program? I, I know Coach Grassy's addressed it, but what's it like for you players to realize every step you take is is a milestone?
4: Oh, yeah! I mean, our goal is to win the national championship, so it's not a surprise for us. Um, we want to go far, and I think we already went far, but we're not done yet. So we still want to go, and we want to win the the title.
0: Coach, can you? Can you walk me through the the goal, the run that Vitor made and able to pull it back? It seemed like that was just a, a really impressive move by him to get the ball to Jamil on that.
3: Yeah, you might have noticed. Yeah, Vitor's pretty skillful. Um, yeah. <laughs> he just got this nice little wave. He, he shows the defender the ball a little bit, then he drops his shoulder, and then he just kind of runs. It looks like he's running really slowly, but the defender can't keep up with him, and he's just flicked it over the top. And so, you know, lovely play. I mean, I think it started – you know, back on our right, went all the way to our left, came back diagonally across. We had some nice little movement in there, and then it, you know, it, this was a little bit of special um, dribbling, and then it went over the top, and I think it got a flick on, and then Jamil was, a, was at the back post to tap it in, which is, we love tapping, you
0: know. Coach, has that play developed? Did you realize that this could be a good,
3: <laughs> the best scoring change you've had all day as you kind of watched Jamil go there and then, or
0: Vitor go over there, and then Jamil go to the other side, you're like, oh, this could be it? As you kind of watch that play develop?
3: Yeah, you know, there's a couple that we just didn't quite execute on, um, all the way through, but it, it was just it's like a numbers game, right? So, like where are we passing the ball? Are we are we open? Are we playing into a crowded area? Okay, what are we committing forward? What are we not committing forward? And I think, oh guys, I had a perfect balance that so we knew it was always gonna be tight. Because neither team was gonna sort of go counterattack style up the pitch. I think it was gonna always be a tactical battle as much as anything. I thought our guys were terrific. And then once we got in, we knew it was happening. We knew what happened. Talked to it in the half time. We're going to get two, three good chances. Um, we just got to make sure we're doing it the right way that we commit the right numbers at the right time and, uh, yes, right. you know,
0: terrifically well executed. Yes, sir. No, exactly. Kirk, Can you on. talk about what, uh, what they were talking during the broadcast about the football guys, helping out the football guys this week. He got Randy Moss and Chad Pennington getting involved somehow. Oh,
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: rumor on the street,
3: uh, on the street. Oh, hold on, let me decline this. We're back. we're back, we're back. Yeah, you know, a little birdie told me that uh, they would be coming down to give a speech for the final fall. So I just, I might have, I might have said that out loud.
0: I How
1: approach? About the was the fact that uh, Georgetown substituted a lot, and you didn't. Um, was there any urge at any point to maybe try to match them substitution for substitution? you're pretty solid on your guys.
3: Yeah, you know it's, it, it, tactically, we have some good good players on the bench, but you know I'm not really a coach who's going to rotate in just for the sake of rotating. I think if my guys tell me they're fresh and they can do it, they can do it. You know, we pick the team, we work on the tactics for a reason. I think sometimes we'll sub tactically, like if we've really been beaten up sort of on the outside um, of their team, maybe we'll bring somebody who's going to go to the inside, maybe some sort of little bit of uh, rope a substitutions. But in terms of subbing for sub-6, match energy, no. Uh, if all guys are happy, it, then, then we're going to stay with the group that we've got.
0: Coach, how do you handle uh, the semifinal? It'll be the first time you guys are on national television, ESPN. you big exposure for this program. How do you try to keep you guys calm, like, in the next couple days before a nationally televised game?
3: You know, I think our guys will be disappointed, you know, because they like it when uh, international uh, parents get a feed. So national TV isn't really a big deal for us. You know, we play for the herd Nation. We've got the amazing support. Those guys are supporting us all the time. So it doesn't matter that we're on TV for everybody else to watch. We play for ourselves we play for our families we play for our fans so national tv not a, not a big deal obviously it's a huge occasion you know the the semi-final but it's a semi-final you know nobody remembers the semi-finalists
1: you hear that chris grassy that's no big deal to me espnu that's nice this means some more people can see that's good not a big deal we don't play for national tv we play for our family we play for our fans we play for her nation we play for ourselves we're not worried about TV. This team can win a national championship, Chris Grassi leading the way. We will wrap up the show when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
4: Don't worry, Paul Swan has
1: the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition, Monday, May 10th. Paul Swan, your host of everyone who uh, was celebrating yesterday, Mother's Day. Had a fantastic day. Those of you who are mothers, we appreciate every one of you. So I hope you had a glorious day yesterday. We got a great week ahead of us. Chris Grassy, of course, the head coach of the Marshall Thundering herd, getting the soccer team into the College Cup, the Final Four. We're going to be covering this all week, and we'll tell you all the details as the week progresses. I know there's going to be a watch party coming up Friday night. I believe that's going to be at the Marshall Hall of Fame Cafe. I'll get the details to you as I know more. I hope to be on a presser tomorrow with Chris Grassy. so I don't know how much more he can add to today's victory and his post game. we just heard a few minutes ago, but if there's anything else from that, we'll have it for you. So that's coming up tomorrow as we get ready for either Wake Forest or North Carolina. That will be the opponent waiting for Marshall as Marshall has punched its ticket into the College Cup, first-ever College Cup for the Thundering Herd. That's pretty good. You add that to the resume. You got a great facility to recruit to. You have a great coach that knows the game of soccer. He has been a winner at every level of the game he has coached. He has taken Marshall to a place where I didn't think the soccer team could reach. He's made a believer out of everyone. He's got Marshall into the College Cup, and it's not good enough for him. He wants the national championship. How amazing would that be if Marshall could walk away with the national championship winning the College Cup? That would be something that would be a -a once-in-a-lifetime event. He wants to make that a regular occurrence. So, again, brilliant decision by Mike Hamrick when the soccer field was being taken away from Marshall. Instead of putting something up that would be adequate, that would discover your basis, he put together something that could transform the program into a first-rate soccer program. The facility is first-rate. It has really embraced the, I guess, the whole culture of soccer. You've got a passionate fan base, and so Marshall has grown that. Embraced it. The fans have embraced the soccer team, and honestly, be honest, you got a facility to to be able to recruit to. You have a community that you can point to. You have a lot of things going for you. Can't wait for baseball to get its facility. I'd love to see what the Thundering Herd could do with a facility that would be able to allow Marshall to at least have a legitimate shot at winning in baseball. And that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate Jake Griffith. He joins us from HerdZone.com on a regular basis. Of course, Jake calls the majority of the broadcast on the video streams you see, usually on ESPN Plus or for CUSA TV. He does a fantastic job back tomorrow we'll do it all over again it's only monday what a great week we got to look forward to marshall's going to the final four in college soccer enjoy the rest of your day everyone
0: WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast, Burgers, and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 at AM 930.